This is the Action Network Podcast. And it is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. See, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What up, everybody? And welcome to the Week 17 Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. And this is your Week 17 betting preview with odds courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. I am joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague and a prime minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. Stuck, what's going on? How is your uh, holiday? Ah, good. Good holiday. Went back to Philly, saw some family. Quick visit. It's still football season, no real breaks here, but uh, it's nice to see the family. Had a winning week in the NFL. Wish I would have gotten my total home. That Steelers-Chiefs under was so brutal, under 45. Tomlin kicking a field goal, down 30 to nothing. And then, of course, they score a touchdown on fourth down after after giving up another uh, field goal on a fumble right before then. I went against you with the with the Bengals, but I mean, it ended up being Josh Johnson and then the whole Ravens defense ended up being out. And uh, you know, the Vikings too, you give up a pump return touchdown, you lose Thielen to an injury, but hopefully with these new COVID rules, you know, we're not going to see as many, you know, mass, you know, mass amount of players being out for teams down the stretch. Cause it was getting a little crazy and it was just making handicapping the NFL uh, a complete chore and just a, almost a guessing game in some instances. So, yeah, let's get into the week 17 preview. We got no Thursday night football, so we'll jump right into the Sunday six pack presented by the Athletic Brewing Company. Uh, before we do a couple quick notes, first, in case you're new here, please download the free award winning Action Network app. It's the top rated app for sports bettors, and it lets you track every bet that you make. Speaking of the app, if you want to reference our Sunday six pack picks anytime, just use the app's follow feature and follow Sunday six pack. We log our picks there every Friday during the season and three Spotify now lets you rate podcasts. So if you listen to the show on Spotify and you enjoy it uh, or you just use Spotify at all, uh, please give us a five-star rating. Uh, It would really help us out uh, and we really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening and sticking with us all year through the highs and the lows and a little more highs and lows. So feeling pretty good. Let's uh, finish strong stuck. Let's get into the Sunday six pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday Six Pack. All right, Stuck, still a very close uh, score here. We're doing one point now for the three picks, the total, and then one point for our teaser, uh, just to kind of reduce some of the variance with two-point plays in you know, COVID. So 48-47, I'm up. Yeah, we'll probably go back to like that – a bigger point value for the playoffs if we if things settle down but i think this is the way to go for the final weeks of the regular season all right i'm gonna go for my first pick of the week 17 sunday six pack i'm going with the washington football team plus three and a half against the philadelphia eagles at bet mgm so this fits a number of different angles that i like 
and I'm going to have an article up on Action Network.com, the Action Network app next week. It also applies to week 17. Usually it's week 16 and 17, but there's an, there's 18 weeks this year. But the final two weeks, historically, if you fade teams that need to win for the playoffs against teams that have been eliminated from the playoffs, you are very profitable doing so over the, over the final two weeks of the season. And the reason for that is these teams that are in or, or you know, that are out, you know, they can play free, play loose and, you know, all the pressures on the other team. And then generally speaking, the market tends to be overinflated on these teams that need to win. So all of details and all that outline a number of different scenarios, but you know, I can speak to, let's just speak to this particular game. A couple weeks ago, the Eagles were playing Washington football team at home and the Eagles were off the bye. The look ahead line for that game was Eagles minus two and a half. And then it reopened at minus three after McLaurin was maybe going to be out. And then obviously it took off and it went up to 10 because Washington's whole team was out and Garrett Gilbert was starting. So, and like the, you know, the fair market was right around Eagles minus three. And, you know, I had it slightly higher, but not much. And now you're getting the Eagles are minus three and a half, a couple weeks later on the road in Washington there's not much home field advantage for either team. It's a divisional game, not much travel, a lot of familiarity. And you had to adjust Washington down after last week's disaster. But it's a team that was dealing with just a depleted roster and just COVID issues over two weeks. That's basically all cleared out. I think they only have two guys left on the COVID list. They're both backups. They should have, you know, everyone that's available, not injured, should play here. And I just think that this is a complete overreaction to what happened to Washington last week on national TV against Dallas, getting completely embarrassed. By the way, they didn't cover by more than 28 points. We talk about this a lot. Teams coming off a game where they didn't cover by at least 28 points since 2003, 78, 46, and five against the spread. That's 63%. So that speaks to the, you know, the general, the, the general nature of buying low and selling high in the NFL, you should get a, a spirited effort from Washington who can try and spoil their rival season, a team they just lost to, by the way, a team they just saw. It's a unique offensive Philly runs. Um, and I, I just think that this Eagles team, I like some things that they're doing, but, you know, people are getting a little too high on them. Here are their previous wins. So it's like the Jets, the Giants backups, and, the, and Washington's backups. Before that, they lost to the Giants uh, on the road 13 to 7. Here are their wins on the year the Falcons, the Panthers, the Lions, the Broncos, the Saints with Simeon, the Jets, Washington with Gilbert, and Giants with Fromm. They haven't beat a single team with a winning record all year. So I think this is an overreaction. I just am taking the value with the number here, especially over a key number of a field goal. I can't get to three here. So I'm definitely going to take three and a half buy low sell high spot in the division game late in the year should have a close to full roster for Washington. And people forget that this is the same Washington team that, you know, it just shows you the ebbs and flows of the NFL market and narratives. And, you know, Washington just a couple weeks ago was the darling of the NFL, right? They they beat the Bucks at home, and then they went to the Panthers and they won. Then they beat the Seahawks at home, and they went to Vegas and beat the Raiders. They won four straight. You know, then they lose to the Cowboys at home in a game with just a ton of turnovers. They actually had a chance late, and then they get COVID, right? So like, and then their their roster's just decimated for two games, and all of a sudden everyone has fallen out of love, and the market I think has gone too low here. So give me Washington plus three and a half at home against the Eagles. 
in a game that I think should be under a field goal. Yeah, I don't disagree. Late in the season, home dog. Not too many opportunities this week to play home dogs. I'll get to one that I like uh, in a second too. But uh, I think this time of the year, you got some, you got some crowds. Uh, like, I mean, my only thing with Washington, it's, I've, I have had trouble getting a feel for this team. Just they've been so inconsistent, or not? I shouldn't say inconsistent. It's been like streaky almost. Um, but do you think there's going to be any like residual effects from? like that whole sideline fracas that happened with uh, Payne and, and Jonathan. Now, do you think that's going to kind of galvanize them in this fire? Yeah, I think that could be a rallying point. And, and these, they knew each other from college. Yeah. And um, I, I think that, that that was much ado about nothing. And from everything that they've said, um, I don't know. I think it could be a rallying point, if anything, but I, I don't think it's anything at all. Yeah, I might join you on this one. Um, Eagles also, they started real slow even last week against the Giants. Uh, you know, played a really good second half. But if they do that against – and they started slow against Washington the week before. So, you figure at some point it might catch up to them. Divisional road game late in the year. Washington, is they, are they eliminated or are they technically still alive? Washington has a 7% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. If they win out, they're at about 30%. So, this is their season. This, this is their season. No, okay. but Washington will win this and then lose at the Giants somehow. That's the way <laughs> yeah. these things work. Yeah. But no, I, this makes that makes me like Washington even more just because I think if you're, if you're ever going to get one more effort from Washington, like it's going to be in this game. And then you kind of go from there. So, yeah, uh, don't disagree at all. Uh, for my first pick and the second overall pick of the week 17 Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals plus five and a half at BetMGM against the Kansas City Chiefs. At home, man, it's been a bumpy ride with the Bengals. I, I feel like I win three in a row with the Bengals and I lose one. Then it's like it's up and down. But uh, I got to I gotta jump back on the Bengals here. I just don't think the Chiefs, you know, I know they they kind of wallop Pittsburgh. I expected that if they were anywhere near healthy. But Pittsburgh, their defense is reeling right now. They, they can't do anything on offense. I think this Bengals team is a completely different team and one of those teams that will give Kansas City trouble. And, like, Kansas City's had a couple of big blowout wins in there, you know, Raiders. Then they beat the, you know, the uh, the Steelers. They kind of pulled away from the Broncos late. Uh, I thought it was more of the Broncos' mistakes. But I think this is still a flawed Kansas City team. Uh, their defense is getting better. But now you got to face Burrow fresh off a 500-yard game. You got to face – you got to legitimately guard, you know, three different wide receivers. Uh, this team is the best team in the league and I've been talking about this all year against man coverage on offense, Kansas city's fifth highest man coverage rate. So you're either going to get a, a defense that's going to have to go out of its comfort zone a little bit. Spags does that. So I could see them playing more zone here, but, uh, or you're going to get a defense that kind of meshes perfectly with what Cincinnati does best on offense. So either way, uh, I think that's advantage Cincinnati. They blitz a lot too. Top 10 right. blitz rate Burrow's number yeah. one against the blitz. Right. So it's, it's, you're either going to take them out of the comfort zone, which is always a win, or it's just a great matchup for Cincinnati anyway. Then you have the fact that Cincinnati's improving, 17th in DVOA for the year, but 12th in weighted, so that weights the more recent games. So they're 12th, Cincinnati, uh, Kansas City's fifth. They haven't really changed. They've been sixth for the year, fifth weighted. So you're getting uh, a really good Kansas City team against a good Bengals team, but you're getting five and a half, and you're getting the Bengals at home. So I think that's worth it. You look at Kansas City since midseason of last year, and that's even with them kind of riding the ship a little bit, you know, on this big winning streak now. Kansas City has a favorite since mid-2020, including the postseason, 7-14 and 14 against the spread. 
failing to cover by an average of 2.8 points per game. So uh, I think that, you know, this is still a Kansas City team that against a team like the Bengals, against a quality team, it's not going to be – it's not even a give-me win, especially on the road. You're not an arrowhead. Um, this is – every week we kind of say this, but it's going to be like one of the most important Bengals games that they've had in a long time here. I mean, you know, chance to get to – what is it, 10 wins now in the season, um, kind of lock up – keep keep going towards locking up that AFC North. I think these teams are a lot closer together than they were, you know, probably middle of the season or even early in the season um, with Cincinnati playing better. And then Kansas City, you know, they're, they're on this three-game streak of scoring 30 or more points. Teams like this from week 10 on, it's just so hard to, to kind of keep this up. And we've seen this with Kansas City. They've gone cold a bunch of times. But teams on three-game streaks of scoring 30-plus from week 10 on uh, against non-elite teams, so teams that have won, you know, fewer than two-thirds of their games, the the uh, the team that's going against the team with the, the streak of scoring 30-plus, a.k.a. the Bengals, 66-41-2, against the spread, according to our actual labs data. ROI of 19%. You get Logan Wilson uh, back. He practiced in full. Um, so you have another extra linebacker. He did. He practiced in full today? Yeah. That's that's enormous because Pratt – I mean, Gaither's already out and Pratt just went on the Cobalus. He could obviously come back now. But Logan Wilson's their best cover linebacker. Yeah. Just and, up against Kelsey, who's who's obviously going to get his. But Yeah. I mean, we don't know where like, exactly how Kelsey's doing either. I mean, he was, was going to get cleared, then he didn't get cleared. Like, his. You know, sometimes guys coming off the COVID list, you don't know. They're they're also without uh, probably going to be without Edwards Ware, so that that still takes a little dent out of that backfield. Um, but I ju- I just think this is going to be one of those games where you see the Kansas City that has the kinks in the armor versus the Kansas City you know against Pittsburgh or, or the Raiders who they just match up really well against. So give me Cincinnati plus five and a half. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm waiting on the six here, yeah. and can't Spags is I, I like it a five and a half. Um, but yeah, I'm going to wait out, you know, you're in that dead range to see if we get a six. Same. And, you know, you have COVID, you could have COVID news. So there's no yeah. reason to rush right now, a line of five and a half. That's what you have to really consider with these, with this COVID news this year. It's like, are you around a key number? So is it worth grabbing it early or not? And in this case, I don't think it is, obviously, for this contest. And we have to. By the way, Kansas City's running a lot more, some cover two over the past six weeks. I think that's working. But their defense, which is improved, right? You get Chris Jones in, you get some guys healthier, you make some personnel changes. Their defense is better, but it's still not a great defense. And they are running extremely well. Like, if you look at the efficiency of, like, points per opportunity, finishing drives, I mean, they're just at an unsustainable rate right now. Like, there's massive regression coming in both turnovers, points per opportunity, things of that nature, which I think Cincinnati can take advantage of against a team that likes to run a lot of man, likes to run, uh, you know, likes to blitz a lot, and that's where Burrow thrives. Look, sometimes Cincy is its its worst own enemy. And that's because of the play calling and they want to run it too much at times. That's not a bad thing here because uh, Kansas City's run defense is still bad. And Joe Mixon, I think, can have a big day here, especially. And the Cincinnati run defense has been really good. Yeah. Keep an eye on DJ Reader status. Um, but there's a great equalizer here. And especially when you have a bad run defense and a good run offense, and that's the wind and the weather. So I agree. I think this is too many points. And a perfect example of what this – the chief's regression that's coming on defense is, you know, just take a look at that, that, that Broncos game. I mean, the Broncos had like 450 yards went up and down the field and just would, you know, get to the five and then turn it over on downs. And um, that's a perfect example of what's been happening lately. You know, besides that they played, you know, you want to talk about who they played over this stretch. Their defense has been better, right. But they played the, the giants 
They played the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. You know, they played the a Raiders offense trending way down. They played the Cowboys without their receivers, right? They played the Broncos again, who had like 400 yards. They played the Raiders again. Then they played the Chargers who went up and down the field. And then they played a poverty Steelers offense. So let's pump the brakes on the Chiefs defense. It's no longer the worst defense in the NFL, but it's still below average defense overall. Uh, so I agree. I like Cincy here. All right. For my second pick of the week 17 Sunday six pack, I'm going with my Baltimore Ravens plus three and a half at BetMGM against the Los Angeles Rams. Scary game to bet, but you know, look, it's you're really buying the Ravens in a classic hardball spot after getting embarrassed last week. Hardball, by the way, 39, 29, three against the spread as an underdog, 27, 18, and three when catching three or more. That's 60%. For you trend people, Stafford against a team with a winning record, uh, he's <laughs> 31, 49, and two against the spreads in 2003. That's the least profitable out of 237 quarterbacks. It's 38.8% against the spread, negative 24.3% ROI. Um, you know, it's back to back East Coast games. For the Rams, this is a one o'clock start. This is for the Ravens season. This is a Ravens team that was just completely decimated at almost every position because of injuries, because of COVID, you name it. And they should be in much better shape this week. Lamar Jackson practiced today, limping around a lot. I don't I mean, obviously, you're not going to shoot him up for practice, but he's out there on a Wednesday. He's going to play. He's going to start. Uh, from all of my intel, I can't say that for sure, but all the intel that I gathered, um, he's going to start the game. He's going to get shot up, and if he can't go, Huntley is, is available. So you won't have Josh Johnson out there. You also have a number of other guys who should come off the COVID list, and then most importantly, you will have a more competent secondary. You know, when you look at last week, they, they the Ravens had one of their top eight corners available in the second half. You had Anthony Averett go down with an injury. You had Tavon Young, who left with an injury. You're you're talking about a team that had a practice squad player and a guy they just signed off the street as your top two corners last week. I mean, it did, doesn't get any worse than that against Burrow. I mean, it was it was bad. Jimmy Smith off the COVID list. Tavon Young should be back. Chris Westry is back. Like these are. It's obviously not Marlon Humphrey. It's obviously not Marcus Peters. But these are huge upgrades in the secondary. You also have a little weather that can help neutralize this. And, you know, I, I think that's just this line is just crazy. Over Catching the Ravens over a field goal at home, classic hardball spot. You have a little neutralizing factor in the wind here. Ravens' run defense has been awesome all year. One of the best in the NFL. That's how the Rams like to set up everything. Um, and you know, there's going to be some win, which might limit Stafford a little bit. I think the Ravens ugly this up big special teams advantage, big coaching advantage here, huge coaching advantage and strategic decisions, which I think could end up playing a role here. John Harbaugh, one of the sharpest coaches in the NFL, Sean McVay, as I always call him on Twitter is a fake sharp. If you look at all of like the fourth down decisions, when you should have went for it versus not over the past five years, the person, the coach who has made the the fewest amount of positive decisions in those scenarios is Sean McVay. He always makes the wrong decision. Is too conservative 
when he should be aggressive. And Harbaugh is going to be aggressive this game. Um, so give me the coaching advantage. Give me the special teams advantage. Give me a healthier Ravens team, buying them low after getting embarrassed. And um, I'll take catching over a field goal at home here in front of what should be a raucous crowd, bigger home field advantage than usual. Weather, right? This is a Rams team that's plays in LA. They're going across the country, one o'clock start, not familiar with Baltimore, bigger home field advantage than usual here. So give me the Ravens plus three and a half. The only time they let me down in the Sunday six pack in two years is the game that I was at the Bengals game when I had the Bengals, I mean the Browns game when I had the Browns minus two and a half and the Browns are up 21. Fortunately, I'm not going into this game and we are. And I'm not betting not against playing. you. I'm not, I'm not yeah. betting. I'm not taking the Rams. That was yeah, the key. So, I, I like to think, you know, yeah. So I'm, uh, and we're not, we're not laying points. We're catching points here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, give me a big, big Tucker game in the wind here. Keep that in mind too, with the field goal kicking. Mark my words, Rams missed a couple field goals in this game. I'll have more on this game. I don't think the weather's going to be a massive factor. I mean, it's still 52 degrees, but I mean, Tucker's going to make everything, but I, that, you know, uh, I think it's more so just rebound spot for the Ravens getting healthier, you know, Lamar, I think it's actually good for Lamar when he has time to kind of sit back and watch himself. Remember he got hurt. I think it was down the stretch last year where he missed like one game and he came back and he was just a lot better. But also I think there's another one of these scheme games where the Ravens have had a lot of trouble against those cover zero, you know, six, seven and eight band blitzes. Like, you know, ever uh, played Madden and picked engage eight defense. Like, I feel like that's what they're giving the Ravens. And like, that's what, especially Lamar has been struggling with. Well, the Rams played the second most zone in the yep. league. The Ravens are about a, a yard and a half per attempt better versus zone coverage than they are against man, uh, man coverage, uh, you know? So I think that's big because the Rams, that's really been their MO. You know, it's just been, we're not going to be super aggressive. We're going to kind of sit back. We're going to give you some different looks, but we're going to just kind of sit back. You get those, have those four defenders deep in quarters, you know, split the field. Uh, we're not going to blitz a ton. So it's another one of those things where you're either going to have to take the Rams out of their comfort zone. And and the Ravens, I mean, they got to be prepared for this by now. It's been happening for like seven, eight weeks now. So they you'd think they would finally maybe get something going here. But yeah, I just, I think there are a lot of schematic advantages. And then you're just getting the Ravens home field. You're getting the Ravens bounce back spot. So um, those are kind of why I like it. But I, I'll talk more about this one in a bit. Uh, for my second pick, Ernest Jones, by the way, to IR. That's not that's not a insignificant and linebackers are obviously really important in the game against Ravens. But Kat, where are you going? Man, so this is not my usual kind of pick, but uh it's late in the year. The slate is uh pretty interesting, but there's been a, a trend with this team that that I'll talk about. So I'm going with Buffalo minus 14 and a half against Atlanta. And uh here's the thing about the well, first of all, just on paper, obviously, it's a mismatch. Buffalo's average margin of victory is 10.9 points per game. Atlanta's is minus 8.1. Uh, schedule adjusted, Buffalo 10.6. Atlanta minus 8.6. So either way, you're looking at about a 19 and a half point, uh, 19, 19 and a half point difference just in terms of the season. And then you got Buffalo at home. We got Atlanta playing outdoors. But look at Atlanta this year against teams that are currently above 500. 32 to 6 loss to the Eagles. 48-25 loss to the Bucks. 30 to 17 loss to the Bucks. 43 to 3 loss to the Cowboys. 25 to nothing loss to the Patriots. 
31 to 13 loss to the 49ers in which the 49ers spotted them a touchdown early in the game. Uh, and then Miami just got above 500. So we'll give them that 30 to 28 win over Miami, but overall total points, Atlanta, 94 above 500 opponents, 237. That's an average of 33.9 to 13.4 in terms of the score, uh, a 20 and a half point deficit for the Falcons against teams currently above 500, one in six straight up one in six against the spread. Uh, so if you're ever going to bet against Atlanta, if you're ever going to take a number like this, I think this is the time to do it. I think Buffalo's got the advantage pretty much every aspect. Uh, they're at home. Uh, they're, I was really impressed by what they were able to do uh, in the rematch against the Patriots, um, you know, even getting digs going, which is really tough against the, uh, a Belichick D. I think they're going to be able to do whatever they want here. And this has just been Atlanta's MO all year. Just get blown out by 20 against good teams. So I'm going to Buffalo Bills 14 and a half against the Falcons. If you're going to take one team as a big favorite in the NFL, the Bills are that team. They just they don't let their foot off the gas. They always pass. And we saw it against, what, the Panthers when they covered. They went for it on fourth and two and threw it in. I think they ruined your total and pushed my second half total. Oh, yeah, one point. <laughs> the Bills love just blasting these bad teams. So I do not disagree with you. All right, for my third pick and the fifth overall of the Week 17 Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans, minus three and a half at home against the Miami Dolphins. I Look, I am uh, now starting to sweat my Dolphins under wins total, uh, under season wins, which is insane. But I have do, do not buy this team just as – look, I'm still as low on this team as I was early in the year. And – I think you, a lot of people might have seen a tweet of mine from this week. Let me pull it up. The Dolphins have won seven straight. First team in NFL history to win seven straight and lose seven straight in the same season. They've won seven straight. Here's the quarterbacks that they beat. And this is after losing to Trevor Lawrence on a neutral field. Then they lost to Tyrod Taylor uh, in his first game back from injury. And he's had an awful year. He's been awful. Then they beat Lamar Jackson, short week, brilliant defensive game plan. Uh, and beat the Ravens at home. Good win. They beat Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, Mike Glennon, and Ian Book. You're talking about, out of those seven quarterbacks, you're talking about six that aren't in the top 30 of quarterbacks in the league right now. Some are should be third stringers. I mean, Ian Book is a maybe fourth stringer. Mike Glennon shouldn't be in the league anymore. Uh, Cam Newton shouldn't be in the league anymore. Joe Flacco shouldn't be in the league anymore. Zach Wilson has been awful. Tyrod Taylor has been awful. I mean, these are the quarterbacks that they beat. So I'm still not buying Tua. He's been better, but still no air yards. The offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL still. Can't pass protect. They can't run the ball. Their O-line is just all holding calls. That's it. So Tennessee should be healthy here, getting a lot of guys off COVID, I assume. A.J. Brown is back. We saw how massive that was for the offense. And by the way, Tennessee played Thursday. Extended rest here. Miami played in New Orleans on Monday night. You know, second road game on a short week while Tennessee has extra prep, three or four extra days here. I think the charade is over. If you can, I played some money line here. If you can, wait for the three. I still like it at three and a half. Nowhere close to as much. So it should be a low-scoring game. So that field goal is really valuable. You can buy it at like minus 120 or lower if you want to money line it with someone. 
but uh, I, I still like it at three and a half. I just not buying the dolphins. I'm completely selling them. I'm waiting for them to play a competent team and with a competent quarterback, this is the spot. And uh, I think that the dolphins come crashing back down to earth here in a bad situational spot. And uh, I think the Titans get this done and they should be able to run the ball too here in Miami, um, even without Derrick Henry. So yeah, give me Tennessee selling, fading Miami, their luck of running into fourth string quarterbacks finally ends. Yeah, I, I agree on Miami. I kind of like at three and a half, I, I'm not there just because I think this is one where you need the three. Um, I, like I like what Miami's doing on defense schematically. And I'm just, I'm totally with you on Miami. Um, obviously playing a substandard slate of quarterbacks and that's making the defense look good. But I do like what they're doing schematically. I just don't know what I, and I've said this before, I just don't know what I'm going to get out of Tennessee. Like I, and their offense, like, yeah, they, you know, they, they played AJ Brown was great, but they have some COVID issues. I mean, you know, Julio, what is it? The they had a, a, Cody Hollister. Like, I don't know what their receiving room is going to look like. I mean, Brown could be a close contact or like a, he could get, he could test positive. So this is one where, yeah, if I couldn't get the three personally, I would, I would stay away. Um, but I get it. You've been kind of low on Miami all year. It is, it's a better time than any to, to sell high on them. Um, I just, I'm not there with Tennessee. I don't know what I'm getting out of them. Um, so yeah, that's where I kind of am. Maybe an under in this game. I don't see either team scoring many points. Um, but uh, yeah, I would definitely, definitely try to wait for the three or, or yeah, like you said, maybe go for the money line if you like the Titans. By the way, that road, the only, oh, and another thing, they played two road games over this seven game winning streak. They're five and two at home. The road games were against Ian Book and a, a practice squad of the Saints and then the Jets in a game they were outgained in. And they won by seven. But, yeah, I haven't faded the Dolphins once on the streak. So it's not like I've been yeah. – yeah, I've just been waiting. I've been itching to get <laughs> this opportunity, and here it is. Yeah, I feel you. I just I, – I just that that half point, like it just seems to me like it could still no, be one of those good point. games. Uh, but, I, I mean, it's a tough slate because, like, as you're about to see with – you know, we already saw it, my second pick kind of going against my normal strategy, and uh, I'll get into my third. Uh, for my third – Pick and the sixth overall of the week 17 Sunday six pack. I'm going with the Bucks minus 13 and a half at the Jets. And listen, the line came down a little bit because Arians was ruled out. Maybe there's more COVID issues and this, this could come back to bite me. But uh, I still think as long as you have Brady, you're probably okay against this Jets team. First of all, just a massive letdown spot for the Jets, who probably should have lost to the Jaguars anyway. I mean, I don't know what. Trevor Lawrence. We should have hit our money line underdog parlay. We should have hit it. Like, I don't know. One yard. Why? It's Jags are spiking spike it on it. third and goal. Got to spike one. it. It was like the ghost of Urban Meyer was just haunting the Jags. Like, he was still there. Unbelievable. It was Urban-esque. It's like, see, that's what happens when Urban Meyer coaches your top quarterback, your, your franchise quarterback for 13 games, you know? Like, he's spiking the ball at the, at the two-yard line on third and goal. But uh, I digress. Like it's it's not the most comfortable play. Uh, maybe if you want to tease it and get a little more of a cushion, I, I wouldn't blame you. But similar to the Falcons and the Bills, first of all, it's a mismatch on paper. Uh, the Jets margin of victory minus eleven and a half, second worst. Tampa Bay plus eight point seven. That's third best. Schedule adjusted. The Jets are uh, minus eleven one. Tampa Bay is plus nine three. So it's about a twenty point twenty and a half point uh, spread either way. Now, if you look at Tampa Bay's uh, margin of victory, it's 8.7, but against every team except the Saints, it jumps to 11.4. So 
the Saints, we've talked about this. They've had the, the Bucks number for since Brady joined the team. But Tampa Bay's second overall in DVOA. I know they have some injuries. Jets are 26. Um, they have some injuries as well. They're all their tight ends are on the COVID list. I mean, it's just they don't have any receivers. Um, Salah will be back, but I mean, this is just a talent deficient team. Uh, and it's a letdown spot. But then you look at this Tampa Bay team, and I don't think they're at full strength. I'm not trying to say like, oh, this Tampa Bay team is just gonna run over everybody, but against teams with below six wins, which the Jets are obviously one of, they played five games. They're five and zero straight up. They're five and zero against the spread. Forty-eight twenty-five against Atlanta. Thirty to seventeen against Atlanta. Thirty-eight to three against Chicago. Thirty to ten against the Giants. Thirty-two to six against Carolina. Tampa Bay one seventy-eight uh, opponents with six or fewer wins currently. Sixty-one, an, an average score of thirty-five point six to twelve point two, uh, a twenty-three point four point difference. So, I, I know Tampa Bay is not at full strength. I still think they come out and handle business against this team. It's just too much of a talent, uh, too much of a talent disparity here. Ugly slate. <laughs> Give me the bucks minus 13 and a half. What could go wrong with two, uh, two double digit favorites? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably bucks or nothing here, but I'm pretty close. Uh, I'm, I'm at like 14, a little over 14. That's what I projected at. And then, yeah. you know, but there's these COVID issues. And so um, yeah, it's bucks or nothing, but I don't have any real strong feel here. All right, that is going to do it for our Week 17 Sunday Six Pack. To recap, Stuck is going with Washington plus three and a half, the Ravens plus three and a half, and the Titans minus three and a half. Huh. Three, three, three and a half point spread. That's pretty interesting. I don't know if we've had that before. And I'm going with Cincinnati plus five and a half, Buffalo minus 14 and a half, and Tampa Bay minus 13 and a half that's going to do it for our week 17 sunday six-pack presented by the athletic brewing company whose innovative process allows them to brew great tasting craft beer without the alcohol from ipas to stouts to golden ales and more they offer a full selection of craft brews starting at only 50 calories with two custom breweries in connecticut and california They've created a lineup of styles loaded with accolades, including the 2020 World Beer Award gold medal for their flagship IPA, One Wild. With full flavor, low calories, and no chance of a hangover, Athletics Brews let you enjoy the refreshing taste of beer anytime and anywhere. Place an order today at athleticbrewing.com and get free shipping when you order two or more six-packs. And enjoy 10% off your order with promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. Cheers. All right, Stuck. It is time for this week's Coach's Pep Talk. Every time we get ready to play, I just want to throw up. So depressed, I don't even want to talk about it. And for this week's Coach's Pep Talk, bit of a somber one, but got to pay our respects to the late, great John Madden, who passed away earlier this week. So I got my Raiders throwback on. It's not, you know, it's a Bo Jackson, so they didn't overlap or anything, but um, had to kind of honor John Madden in some way. So uh, this one is uh, dedicated to, you know, all the American fans who uh, lost a great one uh, with the passing of John Madden. And you noticed uh, Pat Troy Aikman's trying to grow a beard, and he just can't do it. I mean, you know, the blonde-haired guys, a lot of them have trouble, but I can't even, I'm looking as close as I can, and 
I can't see any beard, but he's been, that's a four-day beard. Yeah, you got to give him time. He just had his 29th birthday. I know, but I don't think he's doing a very good, I'd quit. I mean, you know, I mean, like, like if you've been working out for four days and that's all you get and the going gets tough, if it's that tough, just quit. <laughs> well, you can't just quit. Yes, you can. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the old saying, when the going gets tough, quit. <laughs> Never lose. Absolute legend. Um, I mean, I grew up obviously playing Madden and spent many hours in high school and college with friends playing. I remember I used to be the, these awful, I used to be really good on defense. And then I had these, maybe because it was, it was the Ravens. And then I would just, I remember running, I would just run slants with Travis Taylor and these awful Ravens teams. That's like, <laughs> and, and just running the ball. But yeah, I mean, just a legend. I remember, I still get duck. My wife now makes duck every Thanksgiving. And I remember my mom, I'm making my mom make turducken. Yes. Um, and always listening to Madden. And I was tweeting the other week about before he passed RIP, I was like looking at playoff simulations and I was like 49ers. It looks like we could get 49ers at Cowboys. And I was like, that is the most Summerall and Madden vibes game ever. Well, I guess you put it in candlestick and then have Madden and Summerall. I mean, just like the voice of football, the narrator of football and the in when I was growing up and falling in love with football. So rest in peace to a legend thoughts with his family and friends. Yeah. RIP to a legend, John Madden, uh, the NFL would not be the same without you, man. All right, let's get into our favorite total of the week stuck. Uh, you went first for the six pack. I'll start us off with the total and I'm actually going Ravens Rams over 46 and a half. Um, obviously Baltimore is going to be healthier in a secondary, but um, the Rams do have enough you know, weapons here with, Cup, who's going to get his regardless, Beckham, Jefferson, Higby, uh, you know, Sony Michelle now, you know, maybe even some Cam Akers. Um, they have enough weapons to still give this secondary issues. Uh, the Rams also, you know, we talk about scheme. Both of these, it's both of these schemes are advantage offense. The Ravens are the fourth most man heavy team on defense. Now, maybe they relax a little bit, you know, I, Wink Martindale hasn't been one too, but you know, they're still dealing with injuries. They're facing a strong offense. They just got bombarded with yardage through the air last week. Uh, but fourth most man coverage, the Rams are the second best team to the Bengals in, in, in efficiency against man coverage. So averaging nearly 10 yards per attempt. So uh, good, good offensive spot for the Rams. And then already talked about, you know, Baltimore, they struggle a lot more against man, but the Rams play almost all zone. They're second in zone coverage rate on defense. So I think both of the schemes kind of give an advantage to the offense here. Uh, I don't think you're going to get missed field goals with Tucker. You know, you think maybe, you know, uh, Gay will miss some, but that's kind of regardless of the point. I just think both of these teams have been over teams this year. Rams eight, six, and one, Baltimore eight and seven combined 16, 13, and one. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I think Baltimore, uh, I think Baltimore is probably going to have a good shot at winning this game, as you talked about earlier. But I think it's going to have to come on offense. I think they're going to have to finally have a put together a good game with Lamar Jackson. I think they can here, just given the matchup. Uh, and I think the market is a little too low just because, you know, the Rams are obviously studded with talent on defense. And the Ravens have been playing second and third string quarterbacks. And Lamar had been struggling before that. But um, I think, you know, I think either one of these teams can do more than their part to get us here, even if the other one kind of lays an egg on offense. So uh, give me the... Ravens, Rams, over 46 and a half. Yep. Yeah, I think that um, 
I don't disagree with that. I mean, the Ravens have gone over three straight games. The market really hasn't caught up to the fact that their offense can still move it and the defense and all their defensive injuries. They've gone over three straight games with backup quarterbacks, uh, a second string and a third string. And by the way, the Rams, and what I think Mountain Dew do is he's going to start out man and blitz by the first half. If it's going, if it's a disaster, he's going to try and drop back in zones. But if it's a disaster, that's good for your over. Um, that's what they did last week. They had, they dropped back in zones in the second half and, Neither worked, but they have guys off the street. For my favorite total of the week, I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts, Oakland, Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. Hey, it's John Madden. It's John Madden week. We can call call him the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Under 45. Doesn't matter. I think it might be 44 and a half on BetMG. It doesn't matter either way. Yeah, I think it's 44 and a half. But yeah, either way, you got to get to 44 or less. Yeah, get the 45 out there. It's obviously a key number. I've talked about this completely fading. Raiders offense uh, over the past couple weeks. Just they don't have the weapons on the outside. They can't really run the ball. The offensive line isn't great. They've, since the bye in week eight, here's what they've scored. 16, 14, 13, 15, 9, 16, 17. The one time they went over 17 points is that stupid hockey league game on Thanksgiving when they got 30 points off of penalties in overtime in, in Dallas and they knocked me out of survivor. Fortunately, I don't have to worry about a bad beat on $6 million because I had the chargers saved for this past week um, <laughs> against the tech against the Texans. So oh, I was rooting man. for the Texans at the end. I was like, come on. Now I don't have to curse Hockley for the rest of my life, but who knows? Maybe I would have changed my mind. I don't think so though. I had him saved and I probably would have used him there. Um, but the Raiders offense and now Waller's on COVID list, just not going anywhere. And these two teams, by the way, are very slow. Colts are dead last in the NFL in situational neutral adjusted pace. Raiders are below average. The Raiders defense, by the way, the one thing that it does do is it doesn't it it doesn't allow explosive plays either on the ground or through the air. They're top ten in both, and the reason for that is all they do is sit and cover three, three deep zone. 47% of the time. You wonder why Mahomes is eating them up. The next highest is the Bucks at like 30%. That's insane to be in that one shell that that, that high. Uh, so, but it, it's good for pre- preventing explosive plays. So I think that they're going to make the Colts work to get down the field. The Colts go slow. I don't see the Raiders doing much. The Colts red zone defense also, I think, has some positive regression coming. Like, they're good against the run. They should be better in the red zone. Wentz has some negative regression coming his way. So, I oh, think yeah. it's a lower – From COVID or, or from football? From both. So, <laughs> he's he's turnover-worthy throws. And, yeah, he might not play here. So, they changed the rules. So, he will be yeah. eligible to come off. And, you know, he has to have no symptoms and his doctors have to clear him. So, I would assume most likely he's going to play. But you don't know if he actually got it. Right. And then he's unvaccinated. And is he actually like really sick? Right. Like that's so there, there's some there's some uh, potential upside to this under if like Wentz can't go or he's really sick. Right. And then you get Sam Ellinger in there and then you're just handing it to Taylor 40 times. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why I like this under. Um, and uh, I think it'll be like a somewhere around like 23. 17 Colts win. Talk about bad beats with Raiders totals. So last week, you know, I was, as you, I talked to you about, I was super low on Drew Locke. I was like, this, you know, this guy is just not going to be able to move this offense. 
So I had seen, you know, I have a trade trend saved in my action labs where the Broncos on the road under Fangio, the unders 18 and four in the first half. So I was like, all right, oh, you know, yeah, full game, full game. I'm like, all right, you know, I, I, I do like the, the, the Raiders here. So like, I, I hate betting on things, you know, where it's like, you know, the Raiders, if they happen to like finally get it right on offense and I lose my under bet. So I was like, you know what? First half seems safer. I think both teams, you know, kind of come out running the ball. Uh, so I take it at 20 because I'm thinking like, there's no way the market is going to continue to let this Drew Locke total. Like if it's going to go down, not up. Of course it goes up. So I could have gotten a 20 and a half or a 21, but I take it at 20. And that was the difference between me having a profitable week and just, you know, a push, uh, you know, so it's just, it's just, uh, uh, I'm rooting for you on this Raven uh, Raiders one. I might join you there. I think th- there's not a ton of unders actually this week that I like. I think the market's kind of a little more efficient. Maybe all this COVID news is having them bringing totals down a little bit or something. I don't know, but um, uh, that's one of the ones that kind of stood out to me too. Yeah, the, the Raiders, the Colts defense also matches up well against the Raiders, right? The Carr wants to have man coverage and get, you know, when he's getting blitzed and the Colts don't blitz. They play a lot of zone. They also don't allow explosive passing plays. And that's and they, and like the Raiders. The run. Yeah, and they're good against the run. That's like the Raiders' offense right now is chuck it up for explosive plays, yeah. or that's about it. And it's just, it's yeah, you know, no Waller most likely, and you're just throwing it up to Zay Jones, and uh, it's just a bad offense right now. Uh, yeah, and you know, from what I'm hearing out of the Raiders, kind of you know, out of Vegas, is that Jacobs, you know, he was running angry last game, and they kind of want to get him more involved again. You know, they kind of want to just put the offense on his back. I mean, they scored 17 points. They just happened to win the game because they were facing Drew Locke, just like the week before they happened to face uh, Nick Mullins. But I, I think you're going to get a run-heavy game plan against the Colts as well. So just two teams that are going to run the ball a lot. All right, that's going to wrap it up for our favorite totals of the week. Stucky is going with Vegas Indy under 44 and a half, and I'm going Ravens Rams over 46 and a half. Now it is time for our favorite teaser of the week. Oh, yeah. Six-point teasers. For those unfamiliar with teasers, it's when you combine two or more bets and you get an allotted amount of points uh, to add to the spread of each of them. Uh, Usually uh, six points is the standard. So it's essentially like a parlay where you're getting six extra points. That's what we do here. Two team teasers, uh, two team six point teasers. Stuck has a lot of great content out uh, on teasers and the key numbers you should be looking to tease through. Uh, you can find that by Googling Stucky and teasers or searching uh, for it at actionnetwork.com. Uh, we're also counting these as one point uh, for now, just with this COVID situation. So three point, point each for our six pack picks, point for the total, point for the teaser, point if you sweep uh, as well. Uh, Stuck, where are you going with your teaser for week number 17? Not a ton of great teaser options this week i don't see any favorites between one and three out there right now i don't see any favorites between seven and eight what you always want to do here is check to see if the money line parlay of these two teams i'm teasing two favorites of around a touchdown down is cheaper than your teaser if your teaser is minus 120 or minus check the money line parlay option before you tease two teams around seven to see if it's cheaper obviously you don't want to pay more when you don't have to uh, and I'm going to go with the Saints minus one, teasing them down for minus seven, and the Seahawks minus one. I look, I, I think that the Saints will get it. They should get a lot healthier this week. You won't have 
at the bare minimum, you will not have Ian Book starting. You're at home against the Panthers team in free fall mode. Sam Darnold's going to start. Can't see him doing anything against this defense. I think the Saints could do enough to get this win off an embarrassing performance, which you can't really take much from given the state of their roster. And I think Seattle, this line is a little short here, so I'll take them to get the win in Russell Wilson's likely last home game against either Timmy Boyle or uh, – and I know the lines have been great against the spread. I think they're 10-5 and five against the spread. Um, but I, I think Seattle will give a good effort here at home, final home game probably of Russ's career. And it's either Timmy Boyle for the Lions or – Jared Goff outdoors in wind and weather and Jared Goff turns into a pumpkin outdoors late in the season. So um, yeah, I'll take those two home teams with two great home field advantages. I think the Seahawks are, will still give an effort here and um, Saints have a really good shot to make the playoffs if they went out. So I think they get it done here. Yeah. I'm not surprised that the Saints are still hanging around. I figured they would be. And it's, it's actually amazing. They have them where they go. Oh, and four with Simeon. Oh, and one now with book. So if they just had Jamison Taysom, which was the plan all along, they probably would be fine. It's just that now they've had they've had to go into like the third and fourth string guys. But I mean, yeah, tough matchup for Carolina on the road. Good defense should have some guys back. So my first teaser is going to be Tampa Bay. I'm also teasing them from 13 and a half down to seven and a half. I already talked about you know them just rolling over teams, bad teams, 23.4 uh, <laughs> margin of victory. 5-0 straight up, 5-0 against the spread. Uh, so it's another way for me to invest in, in Tampa, who I still think gets it done. You know, maybe the market's going a little down on them without, you know, Arians and, and, and some guys, but I think they have more than enough here. Jets let down spot. But uh, the other one, because I'm looking for a way to invest in this, and I might also consider just money line parlaying these, but, um, you know, as well. But I've been looking for a way to invest in the Patriots here. Uh, so I'm going to tease them from 14 and a half at Ben MGM to eight and a half against the Jaguars and simply to do with rookie quarterback on the road against the Belichick defense. He's still never lost to a rookie quarterback in Foxborough, uh, has Bill Belichick here. So, um, looking at the Patriots, they are, it's another one of these mismatches, you know, like plus 8.5 point differential. That's fourth best for new England Jaguars minus 11.9. That's worst in the NFL. So it's about a 20 point. 20 and a half point difference between these two teams schedule adjusted. It actually goes up to about 21 points. Um, and then you also have, you know, Jacksonville, they've lost by nine or more points in nine of their 15 games, nine of their 13 losses. So, uh, you know, better than 50, 50 shot, you know, just regardless of the opponent pretty much, but this is a, a strong opponent, a really tough opponent for them. You have Belichick off a loss 47 and 22, 68% against the spread since 03 you have Belichick uh, 60% against the spread off a multi-game losing streak and off a double digit loss. Cause remember they lost, you know, by a couple of scores to the bills last week, 21 and eight against the spread 72% uh, since 2003. So um, I know some of it is with Tom Brady. That's what everyone's going to say, but this is a Belichick game, you know, rookie quarterback on the road, terrible Jags team that, you know, probably should have beat the jets, but couldn't even beat the jets. Which you know, and the Patriots, they I think you I think you finally get a, a good game for them after a couple of not so good ones here. I, I just I don't think the defense is going to give up many points, uh, if any, uh, at all. So teasing them down to eight and a half. But that's going to wrap it for our teasers. Stuck is going the Seahawks, uh, teasing them down from minus seven to minus one against the Lions, and the Saints from minus seven to minus one against the Panthers. I'm going with the Bucks from thirteen and a half to seven and a half 
against the Jets and the Patriots from 14 and a half to eight and a half against the Jags. Now it's time for our Moneyline Underdog Parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. All right, Stuck, we came like within two yards of winning another one. Uh, your bills hit. My Jags came up just short. That's what I get for break, breaking my rule and betting on the Jags. Uh, although no urban, so it wasn't really a rule. But uh, where are you going for your money line dog this week? Yeah, we already talked about this game. I think there's some regression coming for this Chiefs team. And uh, I think it's a good matchup for Cincy. Love that Logan Wilson is back practicing. Give me Joe Burr. And, and I'll go with one of you. So you want one of, one of my spread picks? I'll go with one of yours. Uh, I like the Ravens at plus 155 at BetMGM. At home against the Rams, I think you get a great effort from the Ravens. I think the crowd is involved. Schematically, I think, you know, the Ravens are in a better spot than they would be against most defenses. Um, This season, even though the Rams have talent, I think schematically it's still an edge for the Ravens with how well they play against zone compared to man coverage. Sean McVay off a multi-game winning streak, 9-21 against the spread, 30%. 3-4 this season, even after that win and cover against the Vikings. And yeah, Stafford, you already mentioned it against the spread Uh, on the money line, Stafford versus teams with winning records, 23 and 54 straight up 30% with the Lions, two and three with the Rams. So he still hasn't uh, gotten to 500 here against teams with winning records, even, uh, you know, on this, you know, jugging more kind of potential jugging out of a Rams team here. So it's been one of these McVay letdown spots, been a Stafford letdown spot. Uh, You talked about it in depth. Uh, give me the Ravens for this parlay Bengals plus 190 Ravens plus 155 a payout of 6.4 X roughly which means uh, $100 bet returns 740 Uh, so this should be a good one we've been hitting these and then if one of us doesn't hit them the other one does so uh, feel good feel good about this uh, six six, over six to one payout here let's let's get it popping let's get this money The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Uh, And now let's get into... The best of the rest, which are the games that we did not 
discuss in any other segment. All right, first up, we got those Houston Texans going to San Francisco. Uh, Frisco, 12 and a half point favorites. The total is 44. I'm not going to lie. I thought about the Texans as a long shot money line dog, probably going against Trey Lance. Uh, got like 15 guys back off the COVID list. Shanahan, 12 and 21 and one against the spread. 36% as a favorite, uh, not including when he's off a bye. Um, so not including long rest, but I don't know. The, the Houston is just too much of a public team. They're getting 85% of the bets. San Francisco is getting 94% of the money. So um, I, I guess, you know, I don't really have too much of a feel for it. I just think there's a lot of variance. Like I think like Houston could win the game. I think San Francisco could blow them out. Uh, but the fact that the public's on Houston that the big money's on San Francisco, it's kind of a, a stay away from me. Cause I'm definitely not betting uh San Francisco. Yeah. I make this right around two touchdowns. Uh, Houston pretty much won their Super Bowl last year, last week to expect uh, extra prep for San Fran. I, I think they roll here, but I'm around two touchdowns and no interest. Awful game. Denver at the Chargers. Denver, six and a half point underdogs on a road. The total 45 and a half. Uh, what, I consider the Chargers for my teaser. I, again, I just don't think this Broncos offense uh, can operate with Drew Locke, even though I, I saw a tweet. Uh, I, I wish I remember who tweeted it, but essentially the, it was that PFF graded lock higher than Teddy Bridgewater has been graded in any game since 2014, uh, which I don't know if it's more an indictment of PFF or, or what, but like, I, I mean, I like PFF. Don't get me wrong. I quote him all the time. So that's, that's not, a, it's not a, sh uh, no shade there. It's just like, I, I, I didn't see it. I, I, and I thought it was, I thought it was pretty much, because of lock that the Raiders were able to stop the run. I mean, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, where they combined for like 10 yards uh, all game long. Cause you know, they had no respect for lock. So I think there are some things that are deeper than that aren't being accounted for um, here. When lock, when you switch from Bridgewater to lock, that's why Bridgewater, you know, is covering about 80% on the road. 80% uh, is a road dog. Um, so I, I did think about the charges here. They are getting exactly 50% of the bets, but 97% of the money. So I don't necessarily think it's a bad teaser piece, uh, but and not, the Chargers are another team that I, the consistency is just not there with them. Um, it's a bounce back spot, but Denver did win 28-13 in LA. Fangio is 13-6, 68% against the spread off as a, uh, as a dog off a loss. So uh, if the Chargers are just a little more consistent, I would feel better, but, uh, and I guess they're getting healthier from COVID, but you never know. I mean, they've, you know, a lot of guys last week, I think they still got some guys on it. So who knows, but uh, I probably a stay away from me, but if any, if I was going to do anything with this game, I would just tease it. What about you? Herbert started to struggle a little bit with cover too. A mm -hmm. lot actually. Yep. Fangio special. The, yeah. The Broncos confused him a little bit. He threw for a lot of yards, but through had some big mistakes. I think certain had two picks, something to watch there. And the Broncos should be able to run the ball here. I mean, it's just uh, Rex Burkhead looked like a hall of famer last week. Uh, against the Chargers, I don't know if it's Lock. It's going to be Lock or Bridgewater. It's going to be Lock. Get seven. Lock for sure. Bridgewater's yep. out for Bridgewater's sure. Out. Yep. Um, if I could get seven or more, I might look at the Broncos. I actually might look at the under here too. It's a high it's tough total. At a Chargers game. Yeah, yeah, tough at a Chargers game though. But yeah, good in a Lock game. Um, <laughs> but nothing real strong here. So I will say this, and I thought about this under too, and I got I've gotten burned by a couple of Chargers unders. That uh, gets the no, I thought about it against the Giants. I don't think I ended up going there, but I did against the uh, Texans, and that didn't work out. But here's the thing. Like, the lot game went over essentially because the Broncos couldn't run the ball at all. Now, is that going to be the case? 
against the Chargers? Probably not. Uh, Chargers should still are still the better team, but that 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 does worry me. If the Broncos can run the ball, the Chargers do Charger things, or if Herbert commits turnovers and they have to do you know throw the ball downfield, like it's just it seems like a recipe for disaster. But it, the total at first glance did seem a little high. Um, all right, Dallas, Arizona. I was kind of surprised that you uh, you weren't going to go back to the well with Cliff here. He's seventeen and seven. <laughs> as an underdog against the spread, 71%, 5-0 this season. But you pointed it out last week, even though you picked the Cardinals, that they were, you know, kind of fading. And, and Kingsbury has been one, you know, this whole Kingsbury-Murray era, you know, it's been kind of one to to fade down the stretch. So uh, the Sharps are on Dallas here. Uh, they're getting 56% of the bets, 82% of the money as we record this, but we have tracked a sharp action as well on the Cowboys. Is that uh, is that just because... You know, people are really kind of buying into this this, this Cardinal fade down the stretch narrative. Yeah, I mean, you're if you're but you're if you're gonna bet the Cowboys, you're it's you're buying the Cowboys at their peak, maybe after a huge win, and then selling the Cardinals maybe at their low. I would bet the Cardinals again last week. Of course, it was another Cardinals game where I beat the close by a couple points and play a bunch of backups and can't win. But this time on the Cardinals, been the death of me this year. But uh, I just I, I didn't know the holder for. The, the holder, Cole McCoy, by the way, cost me like seven points in holding field goals, was worth so much. And then Cliff Kingsbury, one of the worst coach games in NFL history, right down to the end. Uh, but kicking on, you know, kicking on fourth and threes and going for it on fourth and sixes, uh, just an a- a- absolute joke and clown of a coach. Can't back him here. Cliff Kingsbury. Cowboys started to figure out their offense last week. That It was a really good sign for Dak because that offense was struggling a bit especially against some like cover two looks. That a lot of these quarterbacks are, are struggling with this year, as we go back to like 2005 when everyone's running cover twos again, but yeah, I mean, Arizona's fading Dallas, by the way, running like cover one on uh, like 52% of the time, most in the league, you got to Dan Quinn credit and they're getting a ton of pressure. That's kind of how you beat Kyler Murray. And it looks like they're going to really miss Hopkins and this Cardinals team is fading, but I don't, I can't back the Cowboys at this number. Um, it's just a pass for me. The Cardinals, like the Cowboys, I, I I get why the Sharks are on them. I again, yeah, not my you know style here. You know, five and a half, not my favorite type of number because it's not you know it's still you know standard deviation in terms of point differential is still around a touchdown or so, uh, or two touchdowns. So I like it's still a game that could go either way. But you look at Arizona and what they've struggled with man coverage. Dallas can do that. Uh, Arizona yeah. about two, almost three yards worse per attempt versus uh, man than zone. And the reason, the thing about the Cardinals is they just don't see a lot of man coverage ordinarily because you're worried about defenders backs turned with Kyler. And you usually don't have a guy that can spy him and keep up with him athletically. Uh, but without Hopkins, it just changes the whole, it changes everything because now you're just not as worried about the rest of the receiving core you know, outside of him, like you can single cover Wesley, you can single cover green. Uh, you could single cover Kirk, especially if you can use Trevon Diggs. So you have options in terms of if you want to leave that one safety deep, if you want to kind of bring him up a little closer, have two spies on Mur- I mean, there's a lot of things you can do and still play man coverage now without Hopkins there. So I get why the Cowboys are the popular side here. Still don't like it at five and a half. I think it's more of a four, four game type of situation. You know, Cow- Cowboys win by three or four median outcome, but uh, I see why they definitely have a matchup advantage here without uh, Hopkins. Yeah. Cardinals see a lot of zone in that division, which is yeah. another reason why. Right. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, just look ahead line was like three, and then that's what you got after last week's results. Finally, we got Minnesota going to Lambeau to face the Green Bay Packers. I'll have a write up on actionnetwork.com and in the app out later in the week for Sunday night football. Packers six and a half point favorites, total 47 and a half. Packers public darling getting 67% of the bets, 66% of the money. And this is an interesting one from a trend perspective. We always talk about Zimmer, 60% against the spread as a dog, 33 and 22 in his career. Also 35 and 17, 67% against the spread coming off a loss. But you're going against Rogers and Lambeau, uh, 61, 28 and three, 69% against the spread. Uh, when the spread is 13 or less, including six and one this year. You also got Rodgers in a divisional home game in his career. He's 25 and 12 against the spread, 68%, two and zero oh this year. Dalvin Cook's back off the cover list. Adam Thielen had season ending ankle surgery. And for the Packers, one thing I noticed, uh, I saw in the transaction logs, they activated Jair Alexander. So, that could, if he plays, that could potentially be massive now that the Vikings don't have Thielen. Uh, and Rasul Douglas already playing well for the Packers, but I mean, if you get Jair back in any capacity, and it's you're just going against Justin Jefferson, I mean, obviously you got to stop Cook, but you know this Vikings offense is a totally different beast when you got the pass and run game kind of complementing each other. If you could take away their pass game, uh, then this this Packers team is going to get their you know 20 24 points that they need to win this game. So I don't know. I, I might consider a tease, you know, kind of begging for it down to a half a point Packers win. You, you win the bet. Um, but I don't know. What do you think of this one? Yeah, I'll be looking to fade. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm still looking to fade. The Packers did so last week. I think they're overvalued. They're running better than their margin. If you look at a lot of their advanced metrics, now their defense is going to get healthier and then you're going to get back to yard back. So it's something that you have to keep in mind, but there's things like, you know, if you look at uh, fall, like fumble since week eight, they've recovered every fumble that they've had. Like there's just a lot of things that they're running well on. They're also not a great big favorite and they like let these teams back in the game and they can't defend the run and they play really soft defense late. I would need to seven and a half here to back the Vikings. That's just a completely different offense without feeling. He's just so big in the red zone on third downs. Um, Vikings, by the way, best path to the playoffs win out. So you got to win this game or you're done. And then you got to beat the bears at home, which you should do. And then you have to have the saints and Eagles split. So you Saints probably best shot they lose at Atlanta. And then, you know, the Eagles either lose at Washington or Dallas, and then you're in. So Washington and Beggars aren't dead yet, but they're on life support. And, um, but yeah, I probably need seven and a half. It should be a big game for Cook, and you're probably going to feature him. Um, and then if, yeah, but if Alexander plays, that's something big to watch. Because then you can bring your safeties down even more. You don't have to worry about it as much. So that's something to watch as well. But I would need seven and a half of the Vikings. If not, pass. I'll look forward to your write-up. Yeah, this is, uh, I will say this, this is, the reason that Alexander looms so large is because you just hit on it, like, got to bring the safeties down. Because uh, you can't you can't back the Packers at six and a half after seeing what Nick Chubb did to them last week. I mean, like, Kerner and I, we always joke, because, like, you know, my motto, I kind of, it's like a progressive thing, where the more data you get, obviously, the more you can project the outlier. So, Nick Chubb, I always joke on how, like, it takes me a while to get to like five yards per carry with him, you know, like I'm not just going to project him for five yards per carry every season, you know, to start, but I'm there now. And he was like, you know, I, I'm lowering his yards per carry. Go, you know, the old line is out going against the Packers. And then what does Chubb do? He averages like what eight yards a carry. Dearness Johnson averages like eight yards a carry. I mean, this is, this is just not like the Vikings could, could definitely win this game. I think if, if it's just like, you know, no Jair, they have to still respect the pass and like, 
Um, you, you just give Cook 30 carries. Like, there's there's a shot for the Vikings to win this game. But if Jair is back, I think I would be teasing the pack down because I do agree on it. They have, I mean, they've been blowing all these leads. Like, every week, they just blow a big lead. That regression against the spread is coming. Uh, it's, it's here. Let's close it out with our Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. The Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. All right, Stuck, we long got eliminated, um, but for people that didn't, probably use the Patriots already. You know, if you didn't, obviously, I think you want to use them. Belichick's never lost to a rookie quarterback on the road, but uh, assuming somebody has used the Patriots, any other team, like which of those other, you know, big favorites kind of sticks out? I actually had the Bucks saved. 49ers are fine, but if you're alive still, you probably don't need our help. I think the Saints are a good option here. You might not have used them if you got here. At home against the Panthers, bounce back spot. They should get a lot healthier of a roster. Seattle. So, yeah, Seattle. I think that those are the, probably the two teams that you might not have used that I would feel comfortable using either Seattle. Uh, obviously, if you haven't used Buffalo, if you haven't used, yeah, San Francisco, if you haven't used Tampa uh, you know, and New England, yep. those are the big favorites. All right, that's going to do it for the Week 17 Action Network podcast. Reminder, you can follow all the picks on the award-winning Action Network app. Just search for Sunday six pack in the apps follow feature. Also be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify. You can find stuck on Twitter at Stucky two. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon to find us at those same handles in the action network app where you can follow all of our bets or track yours. Best of luck. Happy new year. We'll see you on the other side. Let's keep getting this money. Happy new year. Let's go.